I mean, there's a part of me, it's only a cameo appearance, but waiting to exhale seems like an off-the-beaten-path choice. I'm going to go with, you're a recent snipe said, and your first one was Dolomite is my name. Oh, yeah. Patrick, Patrick wins. Ding, 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 ding. I sensed it. And he, was, and he was so good in that. Too. Yeah, he's excellent. Lost to one of today's films, though. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Interestingly oh. enough. Uh, hello and welcome to the award winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. And I'm Patrick Gremion. And someday I will get the cadence of that say of that little speech in a consistent <laughs> manner. <laughs> hey, let's, some would say your your uh, change of cadence is rather spicy. Oh, oh. hey, 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 hey! Mm. Keep that out of my stew. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I only want water. Yeah, Rice and water. The plan is soup ever. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I, I want it to taste the way glass like has visually is. I like how obsessed we are with that because that means the character trait really worked. It was like, <laughs> this guy is supposed to be an asshole. What's like the word, other, other than like traditional asshole tendencies of like racism, homophobia, and misogyny that he has? What's like the icing on the cake bad trait that will turn America against this guy? Bland food choices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's inhuman. It's humans are geared towards spice. No, He's an ju- alien. Well, not from uh, Dune Planet, though. That's true. That's true. Not from Dune Planet. We've got to make that abundantly clear. He's not one of Herbert's hunks, that's for certain. Yeah, Baron Harkonnen, he's not. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you at all. But we, yeah, we're in the semifinals. We're here. We're, <laughs> we're joking. We started Snipes in January. <laughs> we're heading toward month six. <laughs> So much. <laughs> I remember someone came out. She's still doing snaps. It's like, yeah, just kind of flying by. He's a pleasant guy to be with for six months. He's a fun chef. <laughs> yeah, there's no again. I, 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 I like, and God bless Sophie's Choice. It was a good film. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had to watch Sophie's Choice four times. I've had to watch White Man Can't Jump four times. <laughs> oh yeah, so much better. Yeah, I don't need to watch uh, the Iron Lady. You know more than once that was enough but then we had to we had to struggle we had to struggle through it patrick i i told a joke today at the house that um only you would have gotten it unfortunately you were not here so we played to crickets oh, no. um we got this video planned for the baby and they're singing the song bingo mm-hmm. and i did change the lyrics to stingo <laughs> oh no <laughs> we're broken men i know yeah, totally. <laughs> we're broken men <laughs> We've been broken by the movies. Oh, yeah, and joining us in our broken circle breakdown. Um, yeah. Belgian. We got, what's that? Yeah. I just Belgian. Uh, Belgian. Uh, we got one of our favorite guests on the show today, a semi-final regular, if you yeah. will. Ooh, uh, new, uh, new uh, title. Oh, three-time reigning champion of the Ooh. first half of the semifinals. Uh. So that could go on your resume, Nick. Yeah, that sounds. That I sounds... mean, like right to the top of the list. Uh, Nick Eliafin is here in the house today. Nick, welcome back to the show for um, two very interesting, very different films today. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me back. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, and yeah, I didn't realize that my votes of the prior competitions went on to win. The most, uh, you voted for Sophie and Dog Day? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this could, hey, Las Vegas, if you're listening, we got the soothsayer is here yeah. on the show. Let's yeah. get all the casinos on the line. Get them on the line. Yeah. We got, you know, you're you're done taking bets on basketball. Let's take bets and bets yeah. on the yeah. economy. I, I know there's like some guy in Germany that like has like a pet like chihuahua that's like, you know, and it ha- he has like, you know, all the movies in our bracket and there's like dog treats on each movie and that chihuahua like goes and picks, you know, based on which He's dog really the, the, the dog picked undisputed and it was not off to a good yeah. start. So like <laughs> avoid the dogs and snakes. This isn't FIFA. Yeah, this, this is the Academy Academy. The Academy. <laughs> I do. I, that really is the goal someday for somebody to get that invested in this tournament <laughs> that they're like screaming, no, not Nick. He always picks the one I don't want. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, oh, he's man. back. I love the idea of creating new enemies, but just through this podcast. I know, yeah, I know. It's like with your good taste, Sophie's choice of talk yeah. afternoon. They don't even know what I look like. They'll just hear my voice in life walking around like, oh man, I think that's Nick Eliafon. Son of a bitch. That was the guy who voted against the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. <laughs> and he needs to be stopped. That sick fuck. That's sick uh, fuck. But, yeah, oh my god, I can't believe you guys had to watch Sophie's Choice so many times. That's honestly like you deserve it is for that. Yeah, there's a, it's it's I have it. I bought the Blu-ray. It's sitting over here on my shelf and I bought it for the final episode. And um <laughs> there was a part of me like within the last month I was like might be interesting. I could take a look at that one again. <laughs> <laughs> we get like t- we get totally fucking uh what's the term? We get like Stockholm syndrome. Uh, no, they just added Falling in Love, the uh De Niro Streep romantic movie that they made in the 80s to the Criterion channel. Uh-huh. And I said out loud, I was like, ooh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I every like month. I think about watching Micho Black again. Like, I'm like, I, I feel like totally insane. So quick question, not to sidetrack us, but mm-hmm. what, is, what is your, yeah, cue to two hours later. <laughs> what is your like go-to movie when you're looking for like a pick-me-up? Oh, good question, Nick. That, that was a good question. Salient. Um, I turn in two different filmmakers direction, two very different filmmakers, depending on the mood. It's either a Richard Linklater film mm-hmm. or a Christopher Nolan film would okay. be where I would turn. Both mm. very good options. Like the other day I had watched, I watched all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies like in a successive time period for a definitive ranking. And I was so burnt out afterwards. I was like, Dunkirk. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> uh, I need I need Tom Hardy in a cockpit. Now. I not yeah. Steve, not Stephen Dorff getting his hands cut off by Leatherface's chainsaw. <laughs> uh, Don, did you end up seeing X? Yeah, I did. I loved it. Okay, good, nice. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was super entertaining. Just a real 
yeah, just a good time at the good time at the theater in general. And I was I was so happy. I went to like a matinee at the Burbank Mall Theater. Oh, yeah, that's great. The 16 or like yeah, the 16, the big one. Oh, yeah, the good one. And um, all these high school kids came in, and I was just like, man, I wouldn't give <laughs> to be 16 sneaking into this movie right now, hanging out with friends. It, it was like a throwback experience. I felt 20 years younger. <laughs> oh man, I miss I miss the feeling of sneaking in. I'm trying to think of like I think like Borat I snuck into, or maybe I was old enough to see Borat. I can't remember if I snuck into Borat or not. I feel like I snuck into Borat. We were and, talking about the other night. I, I bought a ticket to see a different movie in order to go see Gus Van Sant's Psycho. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I could go see that the day it came out because I wasn't 17 yet. <laughs> I remember, it's like that Simpsons. Was it Barton Fink? Barton. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was me. Yeah. Was like, How on earth can I get into the new Coen Brothers movie without like showing my ID? <laughs> That's so funny because I'm thinking what year that would have been. That would have been the late. 90s or very, no, early, no, early 2000s. That was the late 90s. I would, if I, because I, I turned 18 in 2000. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to think of like a 99 film that was not The Matrix that you wanted. Oh, I, I mean, I saw The Matrix. I saw um, Eyes Wide Shut the Dead came out because it was on my birthday. Oh my God. Wow. And, that's kind of it. And, and I, and it was, that was the day I, and I had to show my ID to like four different people on the way in because everyone <laughs> thought it was like porno. And, and I was like, no, I'm going to see, like, you're, you think you're going to stop me from seeing this movie? I am old enough, and I am an American with money to spend on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh boy, uh, so much of my childhood was spent scheming on trying to figure out how to get into R-rated movies. Ooh, the scheming years. <laughs> yeah, my father, he showed us like all sorts of well above our age range films, young, and it was it. I don't like Patrick... Your nostalgia for Sh- uh, Shrek? Yes. I don't have anything like that. No. I don't have this wonderful green cartoon character that I'm a fan of. This lovable ogre. Patrick, I forget if I mentioned this, but there was a summer. So Shrek came out in 2001, correct? Yes. And must have been the summer, either that summer or summer of 2002, when HBO got the like streaming rights or the, or the you know the showing rights to Shrek. I think I watched Shrek 40 times that summer. It was like on all the time, you know? And I, you know, it was one of those movies where I could quote every single line was just doing all the voices. Like it was the time of my life. Oh, yeah, that's like, that's our Proust. That's like our, this the Shrek years. The Shrek years. A, mem- <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> Shrek years. Uh, yeah, you're at the you're at, a, you're at a petting zoo and bump into a donkey and you're sent back to 2001. <laughs> I'm like a 97 year old man, like <laughs> taking my great grandchildren to a the last pet. You're like, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I'm the last person who was alive before 9 11. <laughs> Oh God! Someday that's gonna happen. That's true. Then what's gonna? I don't know what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of uh, pre nine eleven, we've got two movies from early nineties. Yeah, <laughs> solidly um, pre nine eleven. Yeah, uh, very like down the middle of the plate nineties movies in the oh, best yeah. possible way, if you ask me. Of course, we have um, Powerhouse. 
of the uh, white men can jump has not lost a vote yet in the mm. tournament taking on uh patrick as you aptly said the florence foster jenkins of this tournament <laughs> to wong fu thanks for everything julian umar coming off of its stunning victory against blade in the previous round who would have seen that coming but it did it because people fall in love with this picture uh nick, we'll find out if nick did momentarily <laughs> um, but um, first things first before we get to these uh, barn burner pictures nick we gotta know you teased it in our little cold open your snipe saga is short from what i understand but we still need to know you know how how was it that dolomite is my name was your first snipes movie i guess would be my question i don't know shame on me that i never watched I guess the any it's Blade's a trilogy, right? I never watched any of the Blade films. Yeah. And I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wesley's like most notable films of, of recent years. Mm -hmm. um, I always knew about uh, White Men Can't Jump. Like I've heard that title so, so often taking like film classes and whatnot and just never, I don't know, just didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know who was in it. I just never put it on. Um, so I'm so glad that I finally got to watch it. Um, but yeah, Dolomite is my name was my first Snipes film, and I absolutely loved him in mm -hmm. it. I also yeah. loved that movie. Always been a huge Eddie fan. I, I, I yeah, I, I the rewatchability of that film is is so high. Uh, and yeah, Wes was great in it. Yeah, and I think the only reason um, you know it lost in the first round, I think you know we had talked about it, was just that it's it's a definitive supporting role. You know, if you play Dolomite. Probably a different story. But, yeah. You know, oh, hundred percent. And, sure. and I think he could have too. 100%. I think he could have as well. Yeah. yeah. He could have as well. But we don't want because Eddie was so good. You know, let's yeah. let's let that be. Everybody was perfectly cast. It's a wonderful yeah. movie. Oh yeah, Eddie crushed it. Yeah, totally great time. And you know, and I think I hope that you know, because Nick, you're you're not alone. You know, in our previous seasons, when you bring up Meryl Streep, you bring up Al Pacino, people got pretty definitive feelings they've got a collection of movies that they have seen and know these people from and i think as wesley snipes you know was huge he had this like run from like give or take 1990 to 1998 99 something mm -hmm. like that but he's kind of he hasn't you know obviously had problems with the law and he's kind of making his way back up now um people have kind of forgotten how wonderful and charismatic and fun he is so i hope that everyone's getting a chance to Hope our guests have enjoyed getting to know him that didn't know get to know him beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I'm a product of, I mean, I was born in the late 80s, so I was, you know, not even a teenager yet when most of his films mm -hmm. uh, came out. Um, but again, shame on me for not going back sooner to, you know, watch these. Yeah, these, I mean, no, not shame on you. I do not mean that. But, um, but I, I mean, do. I think, oh, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Much shame. Uh, no. Yeah, you can't see it, but Patrick is waving his finger at me <laughs> like a disapproving mother. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm like the Wayne Knight in Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, taking my little finger. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, I think I think you're I think you're gonna die on Jurassic Park in the same way Wayne Knight did. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I will a hundred percent. That's just gonna happen to me in twenty years. I, but I honestly <laughs> think. I mean, I don't think any of us have great a great shot of making it out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think. Um, would I make it out of Jurassic Park? Nah. I would get killed by a Velociraptor. It would happen. 
I feel like I would be the guy if I, like we'd get to the boat and I like wipe my head. Like, man, that was scary, wasn't it, guys? Then like a pterodactyl would fly out of the sky and just like <laughs> take me off. <laughs> uh, oh my no. god, that's so good. <laughs> right, um, yeah. or, you know what or, that makes me think of real quick? Uh the deep blue sea when yeah. Sam Jackson is at the is at the edge of the water and he's like now we need to finally get these sharks and then boom he just gets uh taken out uh, that was another one i saw opening night in the theater and we jumped out of our chairs and like cheered when it went because like it was just like one of the most stunningly amazing moments i had ever seen in film <laughs> i agree i think because that, that was a night wasn't that a 90s film or what was that? Uh, yeah it was like that was 99 ish as yeah. well because I, I think that was one of the first times i was like oh my god i can't believe that just happened it's so funny i feel like i've gone to so many inactive movies where like the crowd isn't like interacting in like a fun way and i think like when i think of like the most like crazy like reactions to moments in movies uh i've seen in theaters the only two i can think of are like two will ferrell movies it's like it's anchorman like when the camera when he sees like when he's talking to Veronica Corningstone and I think he's like giving her a compliment or something I forget what the scene the con the the context of the scene but then Veronica's like you have a huge erection and it pans down to like Will Ferrell's boner my audience like freaked out it was like (laughs) that was the equivalent to like a jump scare or like a but like in a good way it was like yeah (laughs) <laughs> like that guy's boner boner so bad. <laughs> i've never oh seen God. someone react to a boner so loudly it's, it's so much fun though like we watched this one of the new bev the other night called uh track down this like 70s grindhouse movie with jim mitchum robert mitchum's large adult son is in the lead role uh, god bless the guy he looks like a doughy version of his dad <laughs> i love that's the best type of adult but son. with uh, but with the charisma of not his dad we'll just put it that way and every line reading was like i gotta find my sister let's go find my sister and it was the same like monotone and at first everyone in the crowd was like huh What's going on with this guy? And by the end, every line, everybody was just cheering, going nuts, like, like rooting him on. And it was just like, no, we kind of love this guy now. He's like, I'm going to save the day. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really recommend Trackdown. It was a blast. But I mean, might not be as fun at home by yourself. It was a great time at the, at the movie theater. Yeah. So let's get into it. 1992, American sports comedy film, White Men Can't Jump. Directed and written by Ron Shelton. Hmm. Starring, um, boy, can you name a better trio that we have seen in this tournament? Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez. Again, we can't say enough about them. Mm-hmm. Um, along with um, a lot of wonderful faces, but they kind of really dominate the film. Uh, mm-hmm. Budgeted at $31 million, made $90 million at the box wow. office. Um, this was a... Major success. I'm a little older than you guys, so I was definitely around on playgrounds after this film came out, and especially on video, and we definitely said our mothers were astronauts (laughs) as often as possible while playing basketball on the court. Um, 
77% on Rotten Tomatoes. I would say that's a little low. Mm-hmm. Um, consensus is White Men Can't Jump provides a fresh take on the sports comedy genre with a clever script and a charismatic trio of leads. Uh, Ebert gave it three and a half stars. And of course, everyone's favorite, this movie was one of Stanley Kubrick's favorite movies. So uh, game recognizes game. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> what? That is so weird to me. This is one of Kubrick's favorite films. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I think we've, we've mentioned this before a little bit on the show, but the serious director's love of comedies and talking about it. So uh, there's also um, Terrence Malick is apparently a gigantic Zoolander fan. And um, of, course, of course, Christopher Nolan is a known MacGruber fanatic <laughs> oh, God, that, makes me, that makes me like him so much less oh, no. uh we are we are very pro mcgruber on this show nick <laughs> oh, no no oh, okay i have a confession i've never well i've never seen the film but i've seen like snl sketches and it's dumb oh ooh. so here's well, the thing Gotta see the movie. Gotta the see movie, the movie. The movie is uh, the movie is a different experience entirely. Right. <laughs> yeah, you need to know the you need to know the lore. Also dumb, but in a really great way. <laughs> also, maybe one of the best Val Kilmer performances yeah, ever. Yeah, His <laughs> like Nick. Nick. His character name is Dieter von Kumpf. Oh my god! Bravo. <laughs> also, a hot take. I don't think Val Kilmer is a great actor to begin with whoa Whoa. stop the get a record i'm um, so sorry i i already know that you your fourth season is val kilmer (laughs) i wish oh man i'll I'll have a report this thursday night after i see top gun because i'm going thursday night (laughs) by the way good for you i'm not gonna lie so i've been seeing a lot of movies so far this year just really abusing that amc a-list pass oh um, hell yeah i am so effing excited for maverick <laughs> it looks so freaking good yeah it and yeah it just it like yeah it's i mean obviously like <laughs> vhs like all-time mega title in top gun and my household watched it endlessly and just oh it's gonna be cool and crew cruise is crazy but crazy like a fox (laughs) no it's just like i love that once every three years we forgive him for being like a crazy scientology ego maniac to be like oh yeah he's actually really good at doing this one thing he um yeah he's oh he is so skilled as a movie star and how to do be a movie star it's um it's it, it for as crazy as he is, it just it, it deserves to be celebrated. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is maybe the last. I feels like he is the last movie star. Sometimes he's like, did you see that quote that he did the other day about Gene Kelly? No, it was the funniest. So, so he got this big tribute to Can Film Festival the other day, and the guy, typical for like very heavy French accent, guy goes, "Why do you choose to risk your life?" doing these stunts for these movies and Tom Cruise goes did anyone ever ask why Gene Kelly chose to dance in all of his movies I was like bravo my man (laughs) that is wild yeah uh oh my god that's he's so great he's like I would kill to make a movie with him 
I just want to see him in action, like, and how intense he is. <laughs> it would be so cool. I mean, I, I mean, I do appreciate, like, you know, he wanted to ensure that Maverick got released in theaters, yeah. not streaming. And, like, kudos to him for that, because, like, I'm, I'm all about that, too. I understand mm-hmm. that we're still dealing with a, a pandemic right now, and, and not everyone feels comfortable going out to the theater. But for me personally, I... The, the that that large dark room camaraderie experience is what I love about film so much. I mean oh, that ele- that elevates the experience it, so much more. Well, you just walking down the hall to your screening room if you're in a multiplex and just kind of the anticipation as you're passing by the posters that are coming out soon and you got your you got your snacks that you wouldn't normally <laughs> eat oh. in any other situation. And you're like, what, what previews are we going to get? It's just it, the entire thing is so, so thrilling. And, you know, speaking of Crusoe, I mean, like one of the last great, that last Mission Impossible in the theater was an absolute, another mega movie experience in, in person watching those stunts go down on that big screen. Ooh, yeah. What a cool movie. Uh, speaking of cool, we're off topic again, but yeah. uh, we got to get back to Billy and Sidney Dean. So this was your first time seeing the movie, Nick. What did you think of White Men Can't Jump? Just uh, broad, broad strokes. Broad strokes, keep it concise. I agree. So the performances are fantastic. I love everyone in this film. It completely endeared me to Wesley Snipes. I, I watched this after I watched uh, the, the other film. Mm. Uh, and this just felt, and I'm also a huge Woody Harrelson fan. I mean, I, I love this movie. It's a great movie. It took a lot of interesting turns that I was not expecting. The ending was pretty cliche for the most part. Um, But yeah, I mean, the performances were stellar. I mean, knockout cast. I love Rosie Perez. Like, I, I, I think I, I mean, I knew of her, if I'm not mistaken, she was, I, I could be misspeaking, but I thought she was the one from the original rent cast um but maybe i'm confusing her with someone else um, oh no so she was in do the right thing oh uh, she could have been in yeah she could have been in the original rent cast no though. i think no i think i'm actually getting no i take it back i'm confusing her with someone else i'm sure so regardless i think i fell in love with rosie perez at this film <laughs> yeah she's really yeah. cool yeah she's <laughs> super cool <laughs> super cool she's super cute like she just has great energy on screen i think it's the first i'm sure i've seen other films like as more recent films that she's been in but i haven't seen like 90s rosie perez the way that i haven't seen like kind of 90s woody harrelson too much too i mean everyone just looked young youthful and you know i'm a sucker for an la movie anytime there's continuity errors in la you know i'm just getting (laughs) (laughs) this is like definitely i feel like a good like this might I'm trying to think of like the iconic 90s LA movies. This has to be in the canon. It's definitely like up there. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you have to put this one in the mix. And yeah. just the entire like vibes of the movie too. Oh, in like, I mean, we've talked about how much we love all their clothes in the film. Uh, Nick, uh, I'm sure you want to join me. And we're trying to convince Patrick to do the double tank top thing. <laughs> At some point, for one of our one of these sweet Dalai Lama shows, <laughs> I've got the gold gym shirt. I got the weird gold gym tank top. Just need a second tank top. Wait, I love it. Oh my God. 
Oh man. I and love- I'll wear the uh, parental advisory t-shirt and uh, we, you know, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I will say I found a new favorite shirt in this uh, third walk around. I got to give it. So the parental advisory shirt is strong. Love I love the parental advisory yeah, shirt. That's, that's, that's cool. Parental yeah. advisory is cool. Cool um, to this day. Cool to this day. Tipper Gore, we salute. I tip my hat to you. Really, Did I, ever, really- I, I ever tell you she came to my middle school during what? that time period? Whoa. Like during like a right around when this movie came out. <laughs> really quick i'm gonna correct myself so i'm not made fun of by theater nerds uh the woman who i was confusing uh perez for was daphne rubin vega oh <laughs> hey so, of, of jack goes voting who's uh <laughs> i think of the same age and i and also like a puerto rican actress um so that is on me i apologize oh no worries yeah, yeah. and like i said everyone uh, for all you seymour hoffman heads uh if you want to see more hoffman deep cut jack goes voting we know we know you're a fan i'm a big uh jack, i love i'm voting for jack <laughs> so what about this t-shirt patrick oh yes I'm, I'm oh, on i got the edge it. of my seat it's the dolphin shirt <laughs> it's a t-shirt where he has like three dolphins and it's like it make you know that shirt with like and it used to be like a meme in 2010 like the shirt with like three wolves on it yeah the wolf it makes, shirt. make this makes that shirt look like piss fuck that shirt. <laughs> this is the dolphins over wolves it's a great dolphins. shirt hey that's something i like that's a motto i live by dolphins over wolves 100 <laughs> uh, the academy academy dolphins over wolves but yeah and patrick you were telling me that um we were kind of texting about this that you know, as we get deeper in, Woody kind of has the greater dramatic arc and mm-hmm. more wild stuff to do in the film. But Snipes is just so rock solid as kind of the straight man of the mm-hmm. group. And you don't expect him to uh, with the way the movie opens. You don't expect it. But I think that's one of the joys of this movie is playing with expectations on who people are, whether that's um <laughs> Woody Harrelson starting off as the underdog, proving he's actually quite good at basketball, but also proving he's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Snipes talking massive shit, but then like he's trying to get it together. And of course, the greatest one is Rosie Perez, uh, Jeopardy champion. Yes, he's actually a super genius. <laughs> he's actually wonderful at Jeopardy. <laughs> well, by the way, yeah, it's because it seemed like for the past 10 years of her life, she had just been reading that like Guinness book of or whatnot. Yeah. Um, Get a job, Gloria. Yeah, but I love I I love that (laughs) moment for her. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, look. I think the acting was better than the the movie as a whole, if that makes sense. Like sometimes I, you know, when characters in a film do something that's so frustrating or annoying, you're like, oh god damn it! Like Woody, why do you gotta gamble that twenty five hundred dollars again? Yeah, I understand. And yeah, I understand that certain things have to happen for the sake of the story to show growth. And, you know, he had to lose Rosie. I, I, I kind of understand that. But at the same time, you're like, bro, you're how old in this film? Like you're, in, you're supposed to be like in your late 20s or something. Come on, man. You're not like a kid. It's rough. But I think I think it is really, really great that Gloria walks away from him. Yeah. I think it's oh, such 100, a 100%. Uh, many other movies probably wouldn't have done that. And I, you got to give the movie credit for going a very honest route where she was like, at some point, she was going to stop putting up with this shit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad that they made that choice too. Otherwise, I feel like you're doing a disservice to not just the character to like, but to like all women everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fun to an extent. <laughs> yeah, but uh, now Sydney Dean has to deal with it for the next ten years. <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he's gonna get. He's gonna end up like Richard Gere in Brooklyn's Finest. Oh yeah, <laughs> just totally fucking hollowed out. <laughs> We covered that movie last week, and I was like, when you brought up Richard Gere, I was like, what did we watch with Richard Gere again? We watched that last week, Brooklyn's yeah. Finest. I've already forgotten it. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah, it's a, a totally one of those movies that goes through one ear and not the other, Nick. Yeah. <sighs> I have not I have not seen it. I've not seen Brooklyn's Finest. We're we're going deep with snipes here, so we're trying. <laughs> the uh, Snipes potpourri is quite extensive, but, um, but yeah, I think this movie each time out, I like, I just feel like it gives you such a sense of like place and time and feeling yeah. in the best possible way. And obviously it's a strong 1992 time capsule and, and obviously we're already all feeling just how bland the remake is going to be. <laughs> In not capturing any of this, um, they're, they're making a they're they're doing a remake. Yeah, it's happening. Oh, it's, um, and it's like and it's a uh, Jake. Uh, who's the new Jack? Someone called Jack Harlow. Wait, this... uh, playing the Woody Harrelson role. The singer, like yes, the, like the very uber famous singer Jack Harlow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's like that's so hot. Uh, and then I heard that like. Sidney Dean's got a dad in it who is not very good to him. And it's like a, another one of those kind of things. And it's just like, how about just two guys who are fun hustling basketball? You know, I don't need any like, yeah, like dramatic backstory. I just need to be like two fun guys. Like, Oh, and another, oh, what I was going to mention before I forget, I was pretty impressed, you know, that opening scene at Venice Beach, which was great, loved it. Excellent. Uh, when they're playing, I guess you can't call it horse, but when they were just shooting at the top of the key, uh, one for one, I was so impressed because those, I mean, that was them shooting it. You could tell, yeah. that, you know, by the camera angles and the choices, that's actually them playing for the most part. I'm sure they had some like, doubles helping out here and there but you know got to give them credit for learning or or getting better at the craft i i love the way ron shelton shoots the basketball scenes mm-hmm. in this thing because he he shoots in a wide enough angle that you can actually see them making plays running plays harrelson and snipes uh you know hitting jump shots and so forth and i guess apparently you know, the, uh, most of the young actors in Hollywood who were at kind of the level that these guys were at at the time wanted these parts. They did have like full scale basketball tryouts yeah. for them. And um, Harrelson could play. They were they were, they were all like, yeah, this guy can go. And then Snipes wasn't exactly the greatest basketball player in the world, but he's clearly like a truly amazing athlete. Yeah. They're like, we can we can work with this because he can this guy can move and he so- looks he looks great. He looks appropriate. I think I said I said this in the last time we covered uh, the this movie for the pod, but uh, uh, people that were up for two people I can remember off the top of my head that were up for the Harrelson Harrelson role uh, role and the uh, Snipes role for Harrelson, John Cusack was in the, but he was like training for like a 
a totally different sports movie. I yeah, he's I, tall though. God, like John Cusack's actually much taller than you think he is. Yeah, you? no, it, like I think it was like one of those things where like he was actually he was physically fit, but he was like physically fit in like the wrong way. Like it was yeah. like he was training. I don't know if it was like a boxing movie or whatever. He's, I think he's a um, I think he's a pretty well trained kickboxer. That might be why because like he just he just couldn't play basketball he just was not like fit in the proper way for basketball and then like uh the other person that was up for the snipes role um well they wanted denzel they couldn't get denzel uh but then another person that auditioned was uh silk cozart the guy who plays the uh the um security guard that lets rosie perez into jeopardy oh because he that guy used to play with ron shelton in like because Ron Shelton used to play pickup basketball at these, like he used to do like Snipes and Woody Harrelson play in these courts or whatever. And you just have like, it'd be like a mix of like cinema people and like people from like mm-hmm. the neighborhood or whatever. And yeah, those guys were like buddies apparently. Oh, that's on the court. wild. That's cool. Yeah. You ever hear that story from He Got Game? Speaking of another basketball movie that um, the final scene is um, Denzel Washington's going one-on-one against his son, who's played by Ray Allen. And oh, yeah. um so Spike Lee like set up a bunch of cameras and he's like, why don't you just, guys just go for it? And Denzel like scores like two or three on Allen and Allen's like 19, 20 years old oh at the time. God. And Denzel's like hooping on him and everyone on the set was like, holy shit. They saw the look on Denzel's face like, oh, he's going at him. He's <laughs> like, he, he, he's like, he's going to try and beat him. <laughs> it was holy. just like, oh, to be a fly on the wall on that set, that would have been awesome to watch. And Ray Allen was like, this old guy's like, going for me and then ray took it to him after that because yeah. as he should because he's yeah. an nba player a hall of fame level <laughs> nba player you yeah know, but as it, a young man yeah i'd be surprised though i, I get it but then so washington's a laker regular he's he's a big basketball fan oh is he gonna like take the jack nicholson throne he's oh this is this is a this is a obsessive point for me as who's gonna get the nicholson seats you know, I think Denzel Washington certainly is a top contender. Leonardo DiCaprio is another top contender for the Nicholson seats. Or you just leave it empty, which would be beautiful too. But that's very expensive. And there's like, a lot of money. Like, like there's a lot of money to be made there. It's like yeah. a it's like a Passover how you leave you know a you know a chair open for Elijah. Like no, you and you leave and you leave like a bottle of Jack. Daniels, a little smidge of Coke, and a pack and a pack of camels on the seat, <laughs> and some sunglasses. Yeah, so, yeah. I I don't know. I I think uh, maybe it's me. Maybe they're saving. Maybe my destiny is to get those seats, and I I will gladly bring you guys to games. Is 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 Jack like dying? How come he's not going to games anymore? Uh, I mean, he's. I think he's just older. Um, you know, he's in his mid eighties. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Crypto arena now has that age limit. If you're over 82, you can't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I just, I would guess it's just like, it's just tougher. I don't know. And then COVID he probably oh, doesn't sure. want to, um, for sure. probably doesn't want to go out too much, you know, in that mm-hmm. time, in that era as well. I, you know, I went to my first Laker game, um, this past season Oh yeah, and it was it was excellent. They defeated Golden State, wow. and LeBron went for almost sixty. Whoa! It was a wonderful night. 
Wow, that does sound. I was just uh, remembering my last Lakers game was back in like 2001, you know, the third year of the Kobe Shaq era, era and how amazing and like, you know, exciting those years were. Uh, but yeah, I don't go to enough basketball games. They're really expensive, it turns out. <laughs> oh, they're incredibly expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Like for nosebleeds are like $250. Yeah. Oh my but, God. But we were, when I was walking out, I was like, I want to go to every one. I want to go to every <laughs> single one of these. And it, it seems like it's worth spending that money on. <laughs> I imagine your daughter one day being like, dad, how come I never could go to college? It's like, well, <laughs> man, my buddy and I, we had Sonic's season tickets in Seattle, the final three or four seasons. And that was our entire plan. We're like, we weren't, we didn't have family. We didn't have, you know, wives and kids. And you know, he has two daughters. Now I have one. And it was like, oh, we're going to build this. We're going to like, we're starting up in the nosebleeds as young guys. And we're going to slowly work our way down. And we're going to be like Sonic regular guys. And we're going to bring our families here. And it's going to be this wonderful tradition. And then they moved to Oklahoma City. And that mm-hmm. was, that was that. I went to the final game at Key Arena, though. It was quite a they were we were chanting save our sonics and everybody was going nuts and durant was like encouraging the chant which i always be thankful to him for and then but the most beautiful thing is like halfway through like the second quarter everyone's like like turns their head like what's going on gary payton emerges from the um tunnel and takes a seat courtside and everyone's like gary came out for the final game like what, what might be the final game you know beloved sonic sean kemp was there too i'm gonna pretend to know who gary payton is his son is on the golden state warriors right now he broke his elbow in the last series gary payton the second uh, who's his son gary payton the second oh got it oh. yeah yeah man uh speaking of which uh man warriors had a great comeback so uh, yeah a <laughs> little off topic but kind of on top no, no, I know. Maver- <laughs> yeah. just, uh, mavericks just collapsed second half it was wild it was interesting anyway. i was excited yeah. I, was, I was i was listening to that too a lot to think about we could talk about it off here yeah i would <laughs> say the only the only sonic i know about is sonic the hedgehog 2 starring jim carrey uh, yeah exactly <laughs> and i had <laughs> Kevin Durant is the final Sonic who played for the Sonics in the league. Mm-hmm. No, Jeff Green, I think, is still in the league. But anyway, back to uh, white men can't jump. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love this movie. I love it. I think this is just a, a really, really damn good time. I've been considering adding it just to my collection. Mm-hmm. overall i think <laughs> putting it right next to sophie's choice right next to sophie's choice the big dog two. Day afternoon but oh. you know the big two the big three if big you three it's true uh white man can't jump is also playing at los fields three it, by the time this album this uh episode comes out it will have done it but it's playing there tomorrow oh really is yeah. it just is it just one night yeah just one day oh, um they're doing like a tribute to la movie series Oh man, I wish I would have known. I I would have asked to postpone this recording. Watching the theater, I yeah. Asked to postpone the recording, just watching the theaters. But, I mean, we've made it pretty clear. We love this movie. We Wesley is really, really good in this film, and I think more I think about it, this is like my not to tip my hat too much on my vote or anything like that, but mm-hmm. this is kind of my favorite incarnation of the Snipes style. You know, mm-hmm. he's got kind of a broader flamboyant style. He's got like the stoic action guy style. And then he's just got like kind of this grounded, like, but 
funny in a not in a like conversational, just real world kind of way, you know, regular yeah. guy kind of side to him. And I really like that. I think it's Wesley like, Snipes. It's my favorite version of him. I think it's the movie where he is also just like it's like the most realistic guy he plays in a movie. I think it's like it's like one of the few because I feel like Snipes because he's kind of like his his niche is like action. He doesn't get the opportunity to like really emote in a lot of his movies as much as you know Streep and Pacino. Even he doesn't get to like have the full range of emotions in a lot of his films. And this really like he get it's a meaty role, and he like rises to the occasion it rules i think the other thing too is that you know he's kind of a hunk who looks like an action star compared to some of our other folks who look like weird new york serious actors (laughs) weird new york you guys yeah but he's like you know we've seen it this we've seen it in another favorite of ours the water dance you know we've seen it in you know multiple films from Mm -hmm. snipes he he's got such a broad versatility right but that he, even like when he plays stoic action guy and he's like tone, toning down his charisma, you're almost disappointed. You're like, okay, I know you're like all the other action guys are serious, but you're fun. Like, you're still my pick to play Joker. Yeah. <laughs> let him joke it up. Hell, let, let him, him be, be Mr. Freeze. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, I mean, you can, you, can, you can work on some puns, Patrick, while we move on to the next film. Mm. <laughs> but a White Man Can't Jump, Obviously, a huge contender in this tournament has not lost a vote, but we've got a Cinderella story as the other picture that we're watching. Of course, I'm referring to 1995's Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. (laughs) It's an exclamation point. So I was trying to. um, (laughs) 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 Um, 1995 American road comedy film. Interesting. Yeah, that's the genre. Um, directed by Biban Kidron, uh, written by Douglas Carter Bean. And this one has got a, a much more sprawling cast than the other one, which is more of a three-hander. This one, of course, has got Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, John Leguizamo, Stockard Channing, Blythe Danner, Arliss Howard, Jason, not to be confused with Jeremy London. Um, Chris Penn, of course, Sheriff Dullard will get oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's Dullard, sir. Uh, Dullard. <laughs> Dullard. Uh, Melinda Dillon, Beth Grant, Alice Drummond, and then, of course, um, cameo appearances from many people in the drag community. And, of course, Robin Williams as John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Box office, $47.8 million at the box office. This one has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Critical consensus reads, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, <laughs> seeks to celebrate individuality, but is too timid and predictable to achieve its ad- admittedly noble aims. Um, of course, Swayze and Leguizamo were nominated for, two, for the, each a GG in 1996, a Golden Globe. Swayze, of course, for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, and John Linguizamo, Best Supporting Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Um, As of 2017, they were talking about making a musical adaptation of this for Broadway, but um, nothing's (laughs) happened yet. Nick, this was new to you. What did you think of Tu Wong Fu? Uh, 
first of all, I love the way you said Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Broadway. Um, to Broadway. Um, and to Broadway I, we go. <laughs> I So for the listeners that have not seen this film, because I, I, I should say I had no idea. I didn't know anything going into these movies, either, either one. So uh, the movie started and I was pleasantly... Uh, I guess, surprised at what the plot in the story was because <laughs> it's very unexpected. Um, I, first off, the elephant in the room, you have three heterosexual men playing uh, gay characters. Uh, I mean, for mid-90s, I guess that was still kosher. But, um, you know, I think uh, if this were to be made modern day, which it wouldn't be, but it, uh, hypothetically, I think there would be more uh, diversity in sexuality. Um, I just wanted to mention that. That was kind of the first thing that jumps out. Right, uh, right. Diversity wise, very rich. I, I, I noticed that like for again, a nineties film, you get a lot of people, you know, good balance of male, female actors, you know, uh, all, all walks of life, you know, different, different ethnicities and stuff like that. So I think that's uh, a big plus for it. Um, I mean, this, was oh god you know this this movie had a lot of problems for me uh i did enjoy it i will admit this movie brought me to a single tear Whoa. i yeah i i i shed like half a tear for patrick swayze um i i also cry this is like a running joke. I don't know if you guys know this, but I cry pretty much in 50% of the movies that I watch. Like I cried in click. So I get it, man. When, when Henry Winkler's in trouble, if I remember correctly, it's, it's heavy. It's specifically the moment <laughs> where Henry Winkler is frozen in the rain and Adam, and Adam Sandler loses, he loses a, a, the ability to like stop fast forwarding his life. Right. And he's just seeing everything move so quickly. I don't know. I forget when that movie came out, but like, let's just say 22 year old or 23 year old me had like a total existential crisis. I think I, I remember I watched it at the universal city walk in a theater with like three other people. And I was fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I cried when I watched that movie too, but it was when he, uh, when he gets out of the shower and he's like, oh my God, I'm a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. Um, I was just, oh no. So sorry, but back to Tu Wong Fu. Like, I mean, look, I, I think this movie, oh God, it, it is very cliche. There oh. were some very sweet, like emotional moments. Like I, I, I thought the acting was fine. I thought the, you know, the, the writing was pretty, pretty cliche. Um, and as I, I mentioned this to Patrick earlier, really the takeaway from me is just how much I absolutely love and continue to love John Leguizamo. Mm -hmm. He is just always has been one of my favorite actors. I really admire him, look up to him, uh, everything that he's done. Uh, and he just, in my opinion, steals, he steals the show of this film he's terrific in the film and he's you know we've run across him in multiple academy academy films always good oh for sure just one of the great you know even in righteous kill you know he uh he he was at least trying i think yeah i think the thing about leguizamo is like he like fucking commits yeah he will like a hundred percent and he'll commit to like the stupidest 
Like I think about him as like the clown in Spawn, and how like he just like goes all in on like the most insane. Like he's another guy who give him Joker. He'd do some insane yeah, weird. He'd I don't be know. A good Joker. Yeah, he'd be a fun. It'd be weird, but it'd be fun. Also uh, committed to being a cool Joker. That's the new. That's bad. Nick. I don't know if you've heard. That's Patrick and I's other stand about the Joker. We are sick and tired of creepy weird jokers we got to get back to jack nicholson cool joker yeah. <laughs> we, we want to... a goofball who wants to have a lot of fun if 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 the next batman movie does not have a guy storming an art gallery set to prince <laughs> while dancing around defacing art i don't care that's yeah. the only thing i want from a movie i'm walking out if, if he doesn't have like a a uh, a shattering teeth bomb I'm leaving. Yeah, come on, let's get back to basics here. Yeah. So I have another confession about this film. This was also the very first, you're going to kill me, I think. This is my first Patrick Swayze film. Wow. Whoa. Wow. St. Patrick. I've never, I, he, he, he's Dirty Dancing, right? Never yes. saw Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, um, Point Break. What, you never come seen, up often. You've never, never. Seen, wait, you've never seen the movie Black Dog starring Patrick Swayze, <laughs> Meatloaf, and Randy Travis? Uh, I have not. And when oh. I beat him, it's so sad I didn't realize, well, yeah, I'd forgotten that he passed away at 57. Yeah, he died unfortunately quite quite young mm-hmm. and very yeah, sad. Yeah, I mean, very sad. He was struggling with uh, pancreatic cancer. What a yeah. What a what a freaking bum. Yeah, and he's um, I mean, the thing I take away each time out with this movie is, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's not the most sophisticated movie, and it is, and it is falls into cliche, but I think it's sincerity makes up for a lot of that for me is that ever there's no one there are no low blow jokes in this movie everyone is like treated with respect the three leads and that kind of thing and for 1994 or whatever Mm -hmm. that's a (laughs) semi-miracle i mean that's what i'm saying i think that aside from the fact that they cast three heterosexual men as these Mm -hmm. leads it did write on other things like it is surprising that a mid-90s film wasn't as i don't know how to put this you know cancelable or like inappropriate yeah. if that makes sense and yeah there were a lot of endearing moments in this film and it was very sincere i thought all three men all three leads were you know very solid in their own right i mean just going back to liguizamo i Patrick, you said it earlier, he just commits so mm-hmm. hard that for me, it, it took, I mean, I, it's going to sound so weird. It took away from the other performances because I was so expecting, you know, Swayze and Snipes to be on his level. Just everything, his, his, I mean, I mean, I just have to give it to John. Like, I know it's not the John, John's Academy Academy, but his mannerisms, his, attitude his you know posture everything i truly felt like he completely fell into that role whereas the other two actors unfortunately just felt like yeah these are two 90s action stars in drag Mm. (laughs) and i couldn't quite get that like out of my mind for the film uh but with john i got totally lost with him so just real kudos to him uh, and poor Stalker Channing. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. 
<laughs> yeah. So I mean, it you know, it's it, it is kind of there is like a this like I think you kind of brought up Patrick this. So there's this storyline with the three ladies on this road trip trying mm-hmm. to get to this tournament, but then all of a sudden they have to. Um, they show up in this like the saddest town in the world. Yeah, and <laughs> the sound that the town that flavor forgot. In terms of, and they become like magical wizards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they're like I told Don. I texted yeah. Don. They're like Johnny Appleseed, but for like fun. Yeah, like they're spreading fun wherever they go. And it's even like in the movie, like they'll pass by a train. Suddenly, everyone's dancing to the Commodores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and it's like all of a sudden, yeah. everything is sequined. Like they yeah. drive past, and there, everything has got it's sparkly. And I mean, I don't know where they found all the sequin costumes in this town for the strawberry festival but god bless them for finding them yeah it's like the does the principal from community secretly come from this town that's a good question it's a good question uh but also they all hop into this car they're driving across the country and there's like 15 outfit changes where are their clothes that's great also i mean what move movie magic yeah they're they're, i mean like i for so many of their pretty like uh, uh, intrinsic, you know, outfits, detailed outfits, I would have expected a couple trunks in the back of that car. There's also the time consideration. So we saw in the opening credits, it's a time-consuming affair to be so elaborate in yeah. your attire that oh. you know where are they going to stop to spend, you know, good hour forty-five. Uh, maybe, getting maybe getting two. dressed. Yeah. Maybe right, let's round up. We'll call it two. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think yeah. No, I that see that I think supports it. They're yeah. They're like folk. They're either I think like they're magical. Yeah, they're magical. They're like magical. They're they're fairy godmothers. They're yeah. They're well, like I, I really love Stalker Chin's performance in the movie because it's like it could have been like wild and that, but it's like no, I'm gonna play like this grounded role. This like woman with a terrible spice hating husband. <laughs> It, I mean, God, yeah, there was just like, oh, so cliche, that dynamic. I mean, I'm glad that that dynamic was in the film and I appreciate like Stockard's growth with Patrick, you know, being so empathetic and sympathetic toward her. And it's a beautiful thing, don't get me wrong. But yeah, there just were some moments where I was like, oh, I guess this is gonna happen now. Like it was just a little too predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for like a good popcorn film, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it was pretty good to see it in theaters. I want, how was this one received? Did we, um, did it didn't, it, it was not, um, you know, I think, um, everyone, like, it seems everyone kind of felt that there was real noble aims with the film, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they kind of, um, you know, the, the consensus was that both too timid and predictable right. and but i think that that's pretty valid yeah i think that's, i think it's valid uh and yeah it's a hundred percent predictable it's a hundred percent cliche but i think it's also like i think it's a vibes film and it's like a chill it's like a it's raining outside the world is hell well no like like yeah <laughs> we've we've had our, jen came on and talked about this one and she feels this is a real like comfort food movie yeah yeah that's a good way way of putting it comfort cinematic mashed potatoes and ebert said and this is interesting uh what is amazing is how the movie manages to be funny and amusing while tiptoeing around a sex b 
controversy and C, any originality in the plot. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. What like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, that's that's what makes Ebert Ebert. (laughs) So let's talk, I'd like to talk, well, I want to talk a little about Chris Penn's character. Yes, we should Uh, get into that. I love this character. I don't love him, he's evil, but like. Well, this character is insane. Yes, yes. It is such a caricature, not only not only does he go on this and i'm obviously i'm just using the terminology from the film but like the 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 homo bashing or like the trying to find where the homosexuals are with his little (laughs) his cheat sheet of uh going to the ballet class and stuff oh totally a ballet class filled with children they're yeah (laughs) you're not gonna Uh when he pulls them over he then also has to be just viciously racist. Oh, he's he's checking every box a yeah. bad guy could check. I mean, yeah. if there ever was an A cab candidate, <laughs> oh yeah, though you want Great you. Percent. I'm not gonna lie. So I, I watched Commando before this, which great movie. Saw so that was a terrific family. film. Commando rules. Yeah. Great movie. But I would love for this movie to have ended with Wesley Snipes getting the rocket launcher from Commando <laughs> and just. Straight up blowing up Chris Penn and his police. <laughs> Just like, oh, I found this rocket launcher. No, then, he, then he could go, don't wake my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> I thought that when, so when Chris Penn is in the bar, right? And mm-hmm. he has the, the shoe and he's got his notes and he's having a drink and he's kind of mumbling to himself. I thought, I, I don't know why, but I was like, I think he might be coming to terms with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have liked that. that choice, but it almost was so like stereotype or cliche that at this point I would have taken like a gay Chris Penn character who's like having a reckoning with his sexuality and he's taking it out on these, you know, these the three, you know, the three women. And so like, I don't know, I think that would have there, been. There is a part of me that thought him and Arliss Howard were going to show up dressed like the dads from Mamma Mia at the Strawberry <laughs> Festival and just get into it as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we're good too. Um, also, Spice more. So is this, is this the same? Also, this is, I, I had to look this up because when Robin Williams came on screen for exactly 21 seconds, I was like, is this the same character from the birdcage or was this like a practice? I think, it's, I think it was a warm up run for the birdcage. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, and I'm pretty sure Hank Azaria watched John in this film and was like, okay, I think this is what I need to do. Now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, going for a time, I think mean, I haven't seen the birdcage since it came out, but I remember thinking it was a pretty good film. Oh my god! I love. Oh god! I love the birdcage. I haven't watched it in so long, but it is. I don't know if it holds up. Yeah, I'm sure. I, there's a lot of inappropriate stuff now, but damn, was it a good film? Right. Yeah, first. that's like. And I think you said this in the last time this was on the pod too. Like, wasn't Robin Williams like up for the? Uh, oh for, yeah. So yeah. we can. Um, let me let me take a deep breath and do the rundown of everyone oh, who was considered it. for the role of Vita Bohem in this film. Robert Downey Jr., William Baldwin, Gary Oldman, Matthew Broderick, James Spader, John Cusack, Mel Gibson, Robert Sean Leonard, Willem Dafoe, John Turturro, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, and of course, Robin Williams. (laughs) So that's hilarious because I'd say 75% of those people would have made a better Vita. (laughs) I I really like in the movie, to be honest. Well, maybe, okay, again, as I said before, this is my first Swayze film, so take this with a grain of salt. And I'm not trying to, like, I just, he's so, I mean, look, 
he's a very masculine, hyper masculine presence and look to him that the, a lot of the premise of the film is built around, you know, these Nebraska and town folk and other people, except for, you know, uh, stalking, uh, uh, stalking there, stalker, who's sorry, stalking, uh, stalker, who's like, I saw that Adam's apple from a mile away. Like, what the hell? So weird. But, you know, the whole conceit is that they don't know that they're in drag, or maybe they do. And some people are keeping it secret. I'm not sure. But since Patrick has such a, you know, very masculine presence, I would have preferred someone who and again, I'm not saying that this has to be every drag queen, but the way, the reason that I think John was able to also pull it off so well and why he excelled in the role is because he, I just had an easier time tapping into his femininity, I feel like, and because he's a more kind of delicate man, um, whereas Patrick is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type dude. But yeah, as my, and again, it was my first introduction to him and I still, and I still think he did a really, really uh, good job. My hot take is that I think Wesley was actually the weakest out of the three guys in this. Ooh, movie. interesting. Yeah, I think that we've talked about it. I think he's got the least to do. Yeah, his character wise. You're right. Um, that too. It, it's it was a disservice to him and his character. It's not really his fault per se. I think he does what was there, but I think like, you know, Chi-Chi's journey from being the kind of the new kid on the block to being champion at the end of <laughs> last time I watched it I was like genuinely moved at the reveal at the end I was like oh that's nice I like that <laughs> um, yeah before they get like the the Julie Newmar who, Julie like, Newmar off the, like what, <laughs> what, 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 what is this what I'm doing now <laughs> yeah, what am I, where am I it's like they <laughs> she was getting groceries someone put a dart in her neck yeah. <laughs> she wakes up she's on a set like where am, where am I look at that tennis ball look at that tennis ball <laughs> And I think, you know, obviously Swayze Vita has a more internalized emotional journey yeah. of kind of accepting themselves and kind of their past and so forth. And um, through this friendship, I mean, like that part where Vita asks Stalker Channing to come with them is mm-hmm. like so beautiful and vulnerable that's to me. When, that's when I, mean, I cried. That's yeah. the moment that I yeah, it it because it was yeah. actually so beautiful and sincere and that was patrick's best moment of the film like that Mm -hmm. that scene and that dialogue was what finally endeared me to him at the end and i was like all right patrick you win like like you touche you won me over he he's such an interesting guy and i think it's because i think he's also like frozen in time because he did pass young Mm -hmm. and he had this like incredible peak and you're right it's like he has this um you know, his, his action characters were always defined by being like this like fascinating like kept balance and counterbalance between ultra macho, you know, with this weird kind of internal sensitivity that he would bring out. Like his guy in Roadhouse beats the shit out of people as a rope as a bar bouncer. Well, he's also like reading philosophy and doing Tai Chi and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously in Point Break, he's Bodhi, you know, bank robber slash Zen surfer. Mm. And it's kind of this like push and pull with him that's so fascinating to watch. I feel like it's funny, interesting too that like I think Tu Wang Fu was 
ostensibly kind of like the end of him being like a like maybe not the end of him being maybe you know maybe him being an a-list celebrity maybe ended at point break but i feel like i can't think of a movie a big movie it was three wishes a big movie i don't think no. so yeah i think it, it was interesting yeah he he definitely um because by the time in 01 when he showed up to donnie darko it was a pretty surprising appearance mm-hmm. by him and donnie darko was like whoa they got swayze and he's playing this like pretty grim character all things considered i've seen donnie darko i guess i just forgot that he was in it's not the same swayze as like that like late 80s early 90s swayze the you know because like his peak period roadhouse ghost i mean you know that's with demi right yeah and ghost is like you know you guys a little younger so Ghost was like an absolute cultural sensation in 1990. It was just huge. I mean, it's nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg won Best Supporting Actress. She did, yeah. And I I cried in 1990 watching Ghost. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm looking at his, like, repertoire here. And, yeah, it's like, so 89 was Roadhouse, 90 was Ghost, Point Break 91, The Player 92. Yeah, I mean, he had some pretty big hits in the in the early '90s. And you know, sometimes we we've talked a little bit about it on the show before, like with there is like this interesting thing with stars of like the question of taste mm-hmm. in choosing roles and choosing what you think is good for you in this moment. Like the best stars, like I mean, we mentioned Tom Cruise earlier, and his track record is pretty astonishing about picking things that work within what he can do really well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the real lasting stars like the, you know, Clooney or Pitt or somebody like that, they really have a good understanding of their kind of thing that they mm-hmm. do. Like, and I think sometimes like we always joke about that picture I have in my hall of Elliot Gould, the kangaroo with boxing gloves on and Robert Mitchum and Robert Mitchum looks like wasted off his ass and he's having the time of his life. The kangaroo is in boxing gloves and Elliot Gould has this look on his face. It's like 1981 of like, I was on time magazine. How did I I get, how did I get in this movie? (laughs) I was in a film directed by the guy who made the seventh seal. I know, I was like, yeah, yeah, Ingmar Bergman chose me to be his American avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah and like, sometimes just they make a, like, five or three to five weird choices in a row. It's really hard to kind of gain the public trust again. It doesn't matter these days because stars don't matter in the same way that they did in, you know, up until about 10 15 years ago yeah. but um but yeah because like Swayze was so huge and I mean and you know even looking at it though it's like just you know Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost, Point Break have really stood but I mean a lot of these movies are kind of like uh, Red Dawn of course <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know the other thing that's interesting about Swayze that I was thinking is like he was so much older than you think he was too, because he was born in '52, he would be 70 years old if he was alive. Wow, right now. that is right. so. That's nuts. And you think he's more of like a contemporary of Keanu Reeves or Tom Cruise or somebody like that, but he's about a decade he's older. older. He's, he's about like, a decade older than those guys. God, yeah, he's like more contemporary of like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, closer to those, closer to that age group. So it's yeah. So his um, 
He's also a bit older when he became a star, but then his star didn't last as long, but he, you know, fascinating, fascinating actor. Nonetheless, and it would have been cool to see him get, it would have been cool to see him get a few more. Yeah, I definitely go visit some of these older films. I mean, again, shame on me. I can't believe I've not seen Dirty Dancing because I feel like people just assume that I've seen this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that when you see it, you'll be like, man, I basically saw this because like the big, the big moments in the movie are like so ingrained well, in like it, pop culture and stuff like that isn't it just nobody puts baby in a corner like on repeat for two hours isn't that the line well no not for but yeah i mean that's like one of the big lines is like yeah, and okay. then like there's the time of your life and the soundtrack was like oh, yeah, for sure. um a, just a sensation and the big dance at the end and the, the theme to my um the theme to my prom was time of your life Oh my God. Ooh. Oh yeah. And I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you have the time of your life. Oh, the, 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 it was, a, it was a nice evening. I was dating a, a very nice girl at the time. But the thing I do remember is that gladiator came out the next day. <laughs> and um, I had this entire scheme, like I'm gonna stay up all night. And then we're going to go see a matinee gladiator tomorrow morning. And we totally did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh my god, that must have been so brutal. I mean, I love Gladiator, but oh my god. Oh, I there was this kid. I think I've mentioned in the podcast before. This guy was he worked at a movie theater, and he saw it like the night before it came out. And so mm. we're at prom, and he comes up and he goes, "Don, he fights a tiger." <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's like, "It's amazing." And then Dawn gets pulled back to the dance floor. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, I really want to watch Gladiator. <laughs> Tired of dancing to uh, Who Let the Dogs Out. I'm trying to think of what songs were popular. It would, would have been. We probably heard that. We definitely heard a lot of like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. well, your and prom was, um, what, Your prom was like you said, 2000 or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was in the like spring of 2000. Probably Butterfly by Crazy oh. Town. Yeah, so man. Your, your prom music probably aligned very closely with all of my bar and bat mitzvah music. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was probably the same playlist entirely. That's it. Yeah, it was the same playlist, except uh, I was 12 and 13, and, and all of us were running around grinding to like very sometimes wrong and we were trying to figure out how to get drunk in a hot tub a few hours later (laughs) (laughs) oh man i just remember like in my like the big songs that like all of my school dances it was like the um the nelly uh tim mcgraw song the one that's like now it got in my head and i think about it over and over again it hurts so bad oh man i do not call that the first nelly record that was my prompts that was like the third (laughs) no (laughs) They, um, yeah yeah that one yeah his first single yeah and then um hot and her was i was in college when that came oh, out Oh yeah hot here. probably his finest My song <laughs> and that was um the nelly corner um brought to you by stamps.com oh man type I- in the code nelly my firstborn's gonna ask me why we named them nelly and it's because <laughs> You were conceived while hot and hair was playing in the room. Yeah, my, my first 
Yeah, you were conceived well the that Tim McGraw Nelly song was playing. Yeah, it's gonna be even more awkward for kids two and three where their names are Enya and, <laughs> and Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah, so that one was conceived while watching Office Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I always find yeah, that's uh, sorry, this reminds me of a t- sorry of a tangent, but like you know, people who na- give like their kids middle names of the towns or the cities they were conceived in. It's really classy. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. Also, la- la- okay, last Patrick Swayze thing before we get back to the pod, uh, the, the subject. Last one, I promise. Uh, I just remember watching um, in elementary school the movie Tall Tale a lot. Do you ever see the movie Tall Tale? It's like a movie about like what if like all the American folk heroes were like guys. It's like a Marvel. It's like an Avengers, but for like with Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and Patrick Swayze plays Pico's Bill in it. Who Just is a, that? Uh, he's like uh, the guy who's famous for like lassoing a tornado. He, I, I, he's like a Texas deep cut. He's like the Texas version of like you know of like uh, Johnny Appleseed. But all I know him for is like he lassoed a tornado and cool dude. Um, cool dude. Also, also, Oliver Platt plays Paul Bunyan. Insane casting. What? That is so. <laughs> so weird it's like a guy who like you look at him and you the first thing you think of he's probably a food critic for the new yorker like that's that's fucking paul bunyan oliver platt is that's so that's so that's i like him oh he rules he's incredible no and like when you look at him and he's a food i he'd make great food reviews i imagine it's just, I just, it's very funny seeing him. It's like if Wayne Knight was Paul Bunyan. It's just a little, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough road to climb. But you know, hey, seven year old me, he climbed that road. In the role of Iron Man, <laughs> Wayne Knight. <laughs> In the role of the Punisher, Wayne Knight. Shouldn't you be like the Punisher's friend who gives him guns? No, I'm the Punisher. I'm yeah, playing no. Punisher. <laughs> All right. Hello, we Jerry. Should... <laughs> <laughs> shoots Jerry right in the face, two in the head. <laughs> two in the head. Then Jerry becomes Jigsaw, the the villain <laughs> with the disfigured face because the Punisher blew him up. I thought um, you were, of course, referring to Jigsaw from the Saw films. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured Jerry Seinfeld as Jigsaw. <laughs> I want to play a game with you. <laughs> we're gonna play a game. <laughs> So funny. Uh, right before you die, the bass line plays. <laughs> oh, and all the little guy comes out. Yeah, and then like a gun goes off, your head explodes. Then <laughs> net reverse bear trap. Reverse bear trap. Oh man, I hope you guys do a whole saw series where it's just us or you guys, us, you guys talking about the saw films because I definitely would be, a, I would love to be a part of that. I oh, absolutely. Pat, Pat, Patrick would be so broken by the time we reach Jigsaw. <laughs> oh yeah, I would be a shell of a man. I can't. It's too, too much violence, Grody. After, after Saw three with the pig, the pig sequence. I don't know if you remember that Nick from Saw three. I don't know if I. Re- I mean, they they're all like now just blended into one fucked up movie we had, we, had, we had that at horror trivia once that they did like we're gonna name a kill from a saw film and you have to name which one it took place in and i was like i'm Good out <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, was like, I mean i think i only remember the first two well the first one obviously is because that's iconic and it's easy and then this and then saw two had some pretty iconic uh kills but that was it that i yeah. can offhand. but um let's get to it 
Yeah. Let's give out some Harrelsons here. Yeah. Oh, we're doing um, a lot of great options. As usual, we might see some repeat winners this mm-hmm. week, even. Uh, Patrick, do you want to go first for your Harrelson of the week? Oh, yeah. Man, you know, it's a tough one. A lot of great stuff. Uh, a lot of just really fun. Both movies have like very deep, and that's something I like. And I feel like a lot of movies don't have. Uh, this anymore like they just these movies have deep benches like there's a lot of great performances and all the like little mid-tier performances so many like I feel like nowadays a lot of movies don't give people with like you know uh, they don't give people like seven or eight speaking lines anymore like I don't know like it's either like you are in the whole movie or you get one line and you're gone and so uh-huh. like it's like it's it's nice to see just like you know it, like and the picaresque quality of white men can't jump really kind of like just the fact that they go to all these different courts and each court has their own idiosyncratic guys mm-hmm. uh is a lot of fun and so i'm gonna like uh i'm gonna call out one of my favorite idiosyncratic guys at one of the courts and white men can't jump and i'm gonna give my um i'm gonna give my harrelson uh marquise johnson as, as Raymond, I love Raymond, uh, the guy who goes into the uh, he goes to the like the lick the side the corner store that's like the 7 Eleven to rob it, and then he ends up selling the gun. Uh, <laughs> he's just really funny, funny and silly in that oh, role, yeah. Like, that was like, <laughs> yeah, it was totally insane. But it's just, I, I just love this weird performance and this weird <laughs> character. And I would love to see like a Raymond's if they ever do, like, you know. The White Men Can't Jump Chronicle Chronicles. Give me, give me Raymond's Tales. I want to see Disney Plus. Let the way you're giving every Star Wars character a, a six episode miniseries. Give every one of the side characters of White Men Can't Jump. I want to see what. Uh, I want to see the extended White Men Can't Jump universe. Yes, I want to see what Junior is up to. Give me an eight, an eight episode, twenty hour. <laughs> series about junior so this might be a funny connection to you patrick but marquise johnson was of course the color commentator in the late 90s for the seattle supersonics oh so wow that was where i knew him from first <laughs> nice. there we go um yeah wonderful um you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because we're here yeah. i'm giving it to woody harrelson yeah, yeah Woody, 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 Woody. He's um, he's great. He is the jelly to Wesley's peanut butter mm-hmm. in this film. He's he's a rascal, but kind of a lovable rascal. Um, his basketball is wonderful. His looks are great throughout the film, and it's just. <laughs> thinking nick you brought up how annoyed you are with his gambling <laughs> take a look at the film money train <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where he like... plays a similar but more curdled version of this yeah. exact same guy another, another classic <laughs> example of like yeah what if what if woody harrelson's character in uh white man can't jump had a head injury yeah it was yeah, yeah it's like so what if he was had a mullet and a head injury and wesley snipes was even cooler and that would be that's money train. It's like he's like, he's like a he's like a cool vampire. Like Wesley Snipes is sucking the cool slowly out of out of Woody Harrelson over the course <laughs> of you four years. that movie though. It's like Jennifer Lopez shows up. Like twenty eight year old Jennifer Lopez shows up as their new butt cop partner, oh and both them are hitting on her. I'm like, so who are you gonna pick? Are you gonna pick the weirdo gambling addict with a head injury and a mullet? 
Yeah. Or you're going to pick like 1995 Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Keep in I mind. There's yeah. no drama here. We know who you're picking. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind. Not even like a, you know, a full head of hair. Mold. This is, this is, as we said, strapping young lad style, bald. Yeah, he's, Woody is falling deep into uh, male pattern baldness, but yeah. also maintaining a little bit of long hair in the back. Yeah. You can see um, the pain. But he's yeah, he's yeah. he's a wonderful actor. One of the, one of the one of the best. One of the best. But yeah, poor uh, guy. What a bad hairline. Oh, Woody. But he looks great bald. Yeah. So. Yeah, he does. He just embraced it. That's what that's what more men need to do. I feel like is just shave it off. Yeah. I think it looks better than showing off of. This is coming from someone who was born with a five head, but like shaving it off is just going to make you. That just makes you look better. I think. Yeah, uh, but the yeah. '90s were also more forgiving of the receding hairline. I've noticed, especially with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, some guys went back and forth. McConaughey seemed to be having no hair, and then he's got a full head of hair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how yeah, that? because he got two hair transplants. I've actually looked this up. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what What do you got for your uh, Harrelson, Nick? Yeah, and so this could be across either film, correct? Yes. Well, um, I don't think it's a secret since I've been raving no. about this particular actor so much. But yeah, my Harrelson is going to go to Mr. John Leguizamo. Yeah. He just, yeah. I cannot tell you how much I fell in love with Chi-Chi and his character. Um, he just stole every scene that he was in in that film and completely immersed himself in the role. And again, as a fellow actor, as an avid movie enjoyer, whatever I just said, <laughs> I just really respect that craft. I just, you gotta, gotta respect a great performance when you see one. And he just, he just really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's terrific. And the enjoyer could be the sequel to last week's The Definer. <laughs> yeah. Mm, um, yes. Yeah, the and I will say Rosie Perez was a very close second. Yes, oh, e- excellent, sure. excellent performance in this. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's get into it, Patrick. Who who's moving on to the finals? Ah, oh, man, you know what? Uh, Tu Wong Fu, really fun movie. I had a great time. I watched it with my parents. They loved it. Like my parents mm-hmm. loved it. My sister liked it. You know, watched it with the whole fam. Uh. I love all the characters. I actually, you know, I didn't say this enough when we were actually talking about the movie. And by talking about the movie, I mean talking about uh, Patrick Swayze's career. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, I really, you know, as uh, frustrating as it is that Snipes is like ostensibly the lead, and yet he doesn't really get as much to do as the other two performers. Uh, there was something really sweet about his little micro arc with Alice Drummond this time mm-hmm. around. I really, every time I see like him hanging out with this little old lady that loves movies. Uh, I can't help but smile. And I pray that one day when I'm 90 and I'm stuck in some crazy hollow, uh, you know, old person's home, <laughs> that some nice individual comes up to me and I can, you know, uh, we, like a weird human IMDb just be like, uh, the hustle started Burt Reynolds <laughs> or whatever. I can just... And that's like all we'll need to say to each. I can just like, you know, they'll just say something to me like, you know, they'll say uh, uh, Joe Don Baker and I'll be like Mitchell <laughs> and that will be the entire conversation. Uh, 
you know, Tom Hanks punchline. Uh, so uh, then, as you're 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 taking your dying breath and you're at peace, you're like Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mitchell. Rosebud. Yeah, um, Mitchell. don't worry, Patrick. You don't have to dream. That will be your future, no doubt. Yes, hundred percent. That's like I've actually. That's like a hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah, except instead of like an actual person, it's gonna be like a a nanny robot that's shaped like Shrek. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be a giant animatronic Shrek. <laughs> your god, your bicentennial man is just a nanny dressed as Shrek. <laughs> oh my god! I just had like a really sad thought, but yeah, we may die with like a robot, like. That might be the thing that is with us when we pass away in our lives. Oh, a hundred percent. It's gonna be a robot, and like it's gonna be a robot shaped like your favorite character from like Friends or some shit. Yeah. It'll be Pro- insane. progress. Yeah. Can you imagine the doctors like you can program any voice, maybe the voice of uh, your your child or your mom, and like no, 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 I want I want Garfield. Yeah, I want Garfield. Now I want Tom Tom Hardy Bane. I, I picked um, uh, Kevin from The Office. <laughs> I love Kevin. I want him to. I want like robot chili. I want. <laughs> I want him to constantly spill chili around me. Oh my god. Uh, so, but you know, that being said, like I really found that very sweet this time around. Uh, you know, love that uh, Alex Drummond rules in that moment. Uh, but white man can't jump is just like. You can't fight it. It's like the best. I think it's the roundest performance still in the running right now. And uh, he brings all the right emotions at all the right times. And he's able to play someone who is like just vibrant and super fun in the beginning. And then like, who's also like a legitimate, like real human being who has like three or four jobs and has to juggle uh, like a crazy life. And so got to go with white man can't jump this time around. All right. One vote for white man can't jump. You know, I got to just keep coming back to you. And, you know, it, he might have the first name listed on the poster for Tu Wong Fu, mm-hmm. but he gets the least to do out of the three leads. Uh, his agent must have really kicked ass to get, to get that top billing there, for him. Yeah, <laughs> there are like some of these movies you watch where I'm like, damn, he had just a great, or he just was like really hot. He was super, yeah, he was just really hot. And, um, He's really good as uh, Noxima Jackson. I think, though, you know, I mean, I kind of tipped my hat earlier. I set it up at the time. Sidney Dean is just kind of puts together everything that makes him like an exciting star mm-hmm. to me. And someone really, really fun to watch. There's so many levels, like the interest of stuff with his family, the stuff on the court, his relationship with Woody Harrelson. It's so dynamic and so lived in and like both like charismatic and fun and, you know, super funny, but also you buy him in every moment of the movie. And so I got to go with white men can't jump as well. Nick. Yeah. I mean, Oh God. Uh, I'm really going to have the 180 here. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I mean, I wish I could do more build up and suspense for you guys, but I think you've both really, uh, done a good job of articulating both of these films and, and, and Wesley's role in both of these films, since this is about Wes and, and his performance. And in, in Tu Wong Fu, his character is just not given enough to do, enough to chew on. 
he is out of the three, the least interesting person. Not to say that his performance wasn't strong. It's just when I watched this film, he was the most forgettable aspect of it for me personally. Um, so yeah, and uh, white men can't jump, uh, even though I've only, this is now my third, that was my second, no, that was my third Snipes film. I think does perfectly encapsulate him, his like, his his identity as an actor. And I see so much, it feels like so much of just him, his own personality coming through in that role. And for me, good acting is a balance of, yes, of course, you're completely uh, dissolving into a role and we're like, oh my God, who's this person? But also bringing so much of just who they are naturally. Um, uh, so yeah, my, my vote is going to be for uh, White Men Can't Jump. And that is a movie that I look forward to watching again again because it was just a really really fun movie and yeah god and like i said any la movie i'm there i love when it starts at the beach and now we're crossing the overpass at arlington avenue and now we're back at the beach <laughs> i'm so i'm so confused but uh yeah i just I, I i i both both movies had heart but he his performance was stronger in uh in white men can't jump okay Three votes for White Men Can't Jump, and congratulations to White Men Can't Jump. It is in the finals to take on either New Jack City or Passenger 57. Boy, either matchup, I think, Patrick, we're looking at a, a tough final. Yeah, these are all, all three of these movies are bangers, and they all yeah. have their strengths and weaknesses. So I'm, I, you know, it's, it's going to be wild. I can't wait. It, and it's so unpredictable. Snipes is unpredictable. Yeah, in the best possible way. So, White Man Can't Jump has not lost a vote yet, though. So True. that's maybe uh, yeah, maybe that's the one thing that's predictable. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but um, I don't believe um, New Jack City or Passenger Fifty Seven have either. <laughs> so that's true. That is. Oh no, I voted for Jungle Fever. Oh, that's right. And yep, I, I should have. But um, <laughs> you know, beside the point. Uh, let's get to today's game. Uh, it's a Academy Academy classic. Mm. Bringing it out of the vault. Um, new title though. I'm calling it Letterboxing. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, after the, um, of course, after Walter Hill's great film Undisputed with Wesley Snipes and <laughs> uh, Ving Rhames, uh, that white man can't jump soundly defeated in the first round. Um, letterboxing, of course. Patrick, do you want to um, set us up here? Yeah. So what we do is we. Uh, Typically, we'll get the uh, actor that we are discussing. We will find uh, film film reviews of that of the, their films on Letterboxd, and I will read them. And I'll give you the uh, the star amount, and you will have to determine. Um, oh wait, no, I'm a ding dong. <laughs> no, wait, I'm right. I'm right. I am 100 percent right. I'm sorry. Been a long day. I've <laughs> been have been a long. Patrick is melting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crying. Uh, but uh, this is what makes me cry. Not movies. This. Uh, but uh, you, uh, I'm gonna give you a star shame. rating. Shame. Oh, shame. A hundred percent makes me cry. That's the secret. Just, just shame of, of me. But uh, here's the. Uh, but you, I give you the review. 
I give you the rating of the of the I give you the rating of the movie. You have to guess what the movie is. First person to three points win. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the little uh, wrench I've thrown in. Nick, because I, I sensed, I had a feeling that you were not going to be a, a, a huge snipe. Uh, not that you, you wouldn't like snipes, but I just I had a feeling you might not know that many snipes movies. So I have, we'll have two choices. I have snipes reviews and I have streep reviews. So you can choose snipes or streeps. So if you want to do, if you think you don't know snipes movies well enough, you can say streep to me and I will pick a streep movie that you can find, uh, that I can read a letterbox review of and you will, and you can guess the movie. How about we do like a one of each? I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I definitely want. I definitely want to. I want to get dirty with Streep, but I feel like you know we have to. Give yeah, yeah. We have to give respect to Wes. So. Oh, definitely. So right. okay, let's get us started. We're starting. Okay, and so um, uh, I can't remember what we said last. You know what? Just whoever's um, whoever says yells. yeah, whoever yells, whoever yells first. <laughs> whoever, whoever, yeah, whoever yells first, I'm gonna, I'll, and I'll call it out. Um, that will uh, be the person. Okay, so let's see. Okay. What's, a, what's a good? I mean, I'm gonna lose this, but I cannot win. Uh, this is these are always like impossible. Yeah, yeah, they're very. I'm bad at it's this. It's truly <laughs> impossible because of the like psychopaths on letterbox. <laughs> oh, they're unhinged. <laughs> I love it. They're so unhinged. These crazy freaks. What are you doing? Um, I'll start off with an easy one. Um, hmm. um, here we go. Hmm. Nah, too hard. Sorry. Here we go. This is it. This is it. Can't wait. This is from Gabe Whitney. A three star review. Yo, I wish I could do as many flips as the extras in this movie can. Three stars, Gabe Whitney. Yo, I would. As many. Are you saying what are you are you bleeping something out with your No. Uh yo, I wish I could do as many like flips, like backflips. Oh flips. I thought you said blips. Oh um, blips. No. I wish I could do as many flips as the extras in this movie can. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna okay, uh uh buzz bzz. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what about this? Ever whoever says snipes first. That's okay, it. snipes. Um <laughs> I'm gonna just take obviously a wild guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh Blade Trinity. Ah, so close! Oh Blade, no! Blade two! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, Patrick! Ah, I'm okay, kidding. Now. I'll get mad at you for my failure. <laughs> now, now we're gonna do a. Uh, now we're gonna do a uh, stream. Okay. Uh, this is a half star review from Nick Powell. A half star review from Nick Powell. Forget a half star, like a half of a star. Half of a star out of five. And this oh, is a street yeah, movie. Poor review. Oh, that's yeah. a really bad review. How Nick, dare you? Nick Powell, not a fan of this movie. Forget Sallow or anything <laughs> Gaspar No has done over the years. Blank movie is my pick for the single most perverse piece of cinematic terrorism ever produced. Like injecting fart gas directly into your cerebellum. Streep. <laughs> yes. I'm going to guess Mamma Mia. Oh, close. Julian Julia. <laughs> this guy oh. hated. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Julian Julia. It's uh, yeah, a perfectly fine movie. I was so shocked the anger this man felt. Uh, all right, let's do another street. This is I want to I want to get we should we need to get one. Yeah, we'll yeah, do okay, whoever gets one. Yeah, we're going yeah, to whoever gets one. We end the podcast. Yeah. Four hour episode. <laughs> we'll just yeah, we'll go to one. Uh, 
Here we go. Uh, first one to get a point wins. Uh, half a half a star from Charbok. I had to watch this movie for class, and I wanted to kill myself the whole time. Okay, Streep, Streep, uh, Into the Woods. Yes, yes, yes. Do you want you want to know why? Because I also want to kill myself when I listen to Into the Woods, and I'm actually a pretty big Sondheim fan. I just hate that musical. Man, uh, let's go to two. We'll go to two. Okay, okay. we're going to two. Let's, then we're going to end it. Uh, Streeper snipes, folks. Let's do snipes. Snipes. Okay. Oh man. Let's see. <laughs> uh. Hmm. Here we go. I got one. Banana. Uh, three and a half star review from Sam Forns. Bananas. It's plural. <laughs> Is that the? That's, that's, the review. That that's all you're giving us is one word, bananas. It, it's plural. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Snipes. Oh, okay. I'm, probably, um, I'm gonna guess unstoppable. Uh, I'm gonna guess um, demolition man. Uh, sorry, it's U.S. Marshals. What? <laughs> that was mean. That was me being a mean. No more. No more deep cuts. <laughs> Wait, U.S. Marshals, that, that, isn't that supposed to be a good movie? Yeah, I mean, three and a half stars out of five, not bad. Oh, I guess so. I guess that is a good review. It's just Bananas is a weird, good review. Uh, okay, straight for Snipes. He, he, the, the critic, though, admittedly did drink an entire bottle of cough syrup before going on Letterboxd <laughs> to give him a few reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By cough syrup, we mean WD-40. <laughs> so, uh, let's do Streep. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, I love, this is, um, I love these, some of these are just art to me. <laughs> some of these are just, uh, here we go. Come on, open up, you wanker. Um, uh, sight, sight unseen, Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> almost, almost. Here we go. Uh, a two-star review from Alex H. One of the worst spinoffs ever made. Doesn't even have Robert Downey Jr. appearing in a cameo role. Um, Streep? Uh, is it Little Women? Sorry, it's the Iron Lady. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I thought Robert Downey was maybe in the original, or the not the original, but the ni- early 90s Little Women. No, this, this, this writer is a bit of a stinker. Yeah, a little bit of a cad. Okay, I'm just going to do this one, and then uh, here we go. I'm just going to pick them. We're going to do an easy one, and then we'll um, And Here we go. This is a good one. Five-star review. This is straight. Five-star review from Polo. Five stars. You're all hacks. Edit. <laughs> oh, Voltaire is so subtle. I need nuance. Wah. <laughs> what? Five-star review by Polo. You're all hacks. <laughs> Edit. Oh, Voltaire is so subtle. I need nuance. Wow. I'm so confused. Okay. So, Streep? Yes. The Devil Wears Prada. Don't look up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I don't know what's more offensive. Well, I can't believe someone gave Don't Look Up a five-star review. I was impressed. Yeah. Well, it's fun to look at the five-star reviews for, like, I don't know, Don't Look Up in movies. Uh, Okay, here we go. This is, like, this is it. We're ending it here. This is the one you're going to get. This is an easy one. 
four-star review from Chris Wade of Trap of Trap House. This shit rocks. We need history to end again so they can make more movies like this. This is a Snipes. Oh. We need history to end again. Uh, a 90s I, movie, perhaps. Is this like, did he do like a period piece or like based on a famous person? Oh, Snipes. Yes. Uh, King of New York. Delayed. Okay. Sorry. Oh my god! But we're, okay. Next one here. We're gonna end it here. You're, we're all tired. We're all we're all so tired. <laughs> we're gonna end it here. This is the last one. I'm sorry. I feel I see Don. Don is a man with a child and a life. Yeah, and then us <laughs> losers. Yeah, I can feel like I'm killing him. I feel like he's losing. I can see the soul drip drip from so, him. It's it's so funny because like conceptually, this letterboxing game. It's really a terrific idea. Yeah. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah. But every been... time we've played it, it's been frustrating. <laughs> like... It is a soul. It's not a fun game to play. <laughs> yeah. Except for me. <laughs> I think, I think, wait, Patrick, because this is the first time I've played this with you guys. Do you always pick such bad, like, short reviews? <laughs> yeah. Well, I try not to find reviews that are, like, you know, yeah, tipping you off. Yeah, yeah, give away the plot or, or the name. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, this is a straight one. Oh, this is going to be it. This, you'll get, this is the one you'll get. This is the getter. Uh, review by featuring Dante from DMC series. I don't know what that is. What uh, the hell does that mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> four, but four and a half stars. Everyone who says this is a bad movie, why are you afraid to love? Uh, wait. D- um streep yeah uh, did we did we i think uh i think don already guessed it is this mama mia yeah, <laughs> yeah we got is. two yeah. we got two there we go we're done yeah oh because God. i've actually so i've never seen mama mia but i heard mama mia 2 was also just as good we didn't watch that one but uh we've we saw mama mia one how many times spent three yeah three, two, three. That, or two at least no nah, i think we saw it twice well i remember <gasps> um a weird fever dream the first time we saw it and the second time i was like this is a nice movie it's a good <laughs> yeah. time good time was had by all <laughs> <laughs> so that's been that's been another rousing game <laughs> that leaves us a little tired <laughs> just broken even more broken <laughs> but you know it's not broken white men can't jump moving on to the finals all right yes. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for joining us once again. We love having you on the show. Mm-hmm. Thank Every you time guys out. So much. This is, I always, like I said, I look forward to this. Uh, you know, I have no life other than this podcast. So I'm going to just go plug myself in and go into hibernation. Mm-hmm. And then six months down the line, when you need me to come back, I'll uh, turn back on for you. Yeah. When, it, when it's your time to watch uh, Summer of Sam versus The Pest in the John Leguizamo uh, semifinals. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Um, <laughs> we know The Pest is winning that shit. Oh, there's no question. The Pest yeah. is, I mean, Pest is a is like freaking Duke. Yeah, that's that's like that's 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 our generation's uh, Turin horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I asked you guys, I think the last couple times, but before before we sign off, before I say goodbye, do you have an idea of who your next actor actress might be? Yeah, we've we've talked a bit about it. We're 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 thinking about 
lot of aspects of the show right now. No, to get to back, get to back to the start, we've been doing snipes for six months. And while enjoyable, uh, we are thinking about ways to speed up the show a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like but we've do. got a lot of um, groovy ideas for one-offs and um, kind of a more extensive series that isn't related to actors, but more uh, along the lines of our Brooks Brooks series that we did uh, prior to Snipes, where we take a look at two people on the more on the um, other side of the camera. Oh, cool. Uh, but we will reveal all soon enough. We <laughs> spit, folks. Yeah. We're still digging deep into June with Wesley Snipes. And we're still with him. <laughs> you know, we're going to be watching all those direct-to-DVD movies at some point. Yes, we have. Um, the threat is very real, and we have got a very stupid plan that hopefully comes into play to watch some of these direct-to-video Snipes movies. <laughs> Will it be the, the episode that finally breaks us? Tune in to find out. <laughs> we can we can say this. I think uh, pretty. Uh, we can reveal that uh, we'll be drinking during that episode oh, <laughs> so yeah, things could get sure. wild yeah but um but yeah we haven't decided yet um we're trying for we really like doing snipes though because it's a little different than you know street and pacino are so obviously celebrated so yeah. it's kind of fun to do somebody we found a little more underrated it's nice shining a light on a good actor yeah yeah uh so nick is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out um no, um, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. I am. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but I have started my own podcast uh, yeah. with uh, a close friend whom you know, Lauren Scharf, mm. um, and that is called uh, Please Swipe Right, and that's going to be a, a dating comedy podcast that hopefully we'll release uh, this year at some point. We just have to keep on recording and editing episodes. Excellent. So, um, that's what's kind of new, most new and interesting with me. Very cool. Looking forward to that. I'm two of the funniest people I know. So oh, for sure. um, that's, so that's, that's uh, too, that's actually too kind. That's your, <laughs> you're, you're a big fat one. <laughs> okay. Just Lauren. No. <laughs> uh, fair enough uh fair enough no but thank you so much nick for uh dropping in watching the films with us it's always a pleasure to chat and um next week we've got new jack city versus um passenger 57 if all goes well scheduling wise if not yeah, hopefully might be watching some bonus snipes movies as as long time listeners of the show know these things happen but um you know we're we're we are on the home stretch here if we sound tired we're not we're we're freaking, we're freaking <laughs> oh, stoked we're we're filled with energy and light we're, we're not stopping until snipes comes on the show to talk about every single movie in his yeah. filmography <laughs> we're we are gonna we're gonna do the Kel, the plot of celtic pride to, to snipes we're gonna steal <laughs> we're gonna steal snipes we're gonna steal snipes. Stealing <laughs> snipes. That sounds like one of his straight-to-video action movies. That's that's the enjoyers. That's the plot of the enjoyer. Yes. So we've got the enjoy. The, the Stacy Keach is the enjoyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Nick and Patrick, I'm Don. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week as we um, seal up 
the finals of the Wesley Snipes bracket. Oh, man. Uh, to close things out, I have a two-and-a-half-star review of Blade Trinity. Not the heckin' vampire, Pepperino. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's my life. That's my rosebud. <laughs> heckin' vampire, Pepperino. <laughs> Can't even finish it. There's no reason to. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laugh